Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Halftime in Toronto and Winnipeg in control of this game up 17-3 on the Argos. We got the Elks and Stampeders on 630 Chad on Thursday, 530 for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 7. Elks coming off that victory in Hamilton, they did lose a couple of weeks ago to Calgary. We're going to play them four times this season. Still have the Labor Day home and home coming up. Trey Ford made his debut at quarterback for the uh, Edmonton Elks. More with, uh, more on him coming up on the Elks this week with Morley Scott. That is on every Monday on 630 Ched from 730 to 8 during the football season. Uh, we have hockey going on. We got a pretty big tournament going on. And for further discussion on that, I am pleased to welcome back to the show the executive director of the Brick Invitational, Andy Wigston, checking in tonight. Andy, how are you doing, sir? Hey, Reed, we're back. We're back. It's been three years, but we're back. Well, I'm very excited that you're back. You and I talked a few times on and off air in those uh, turbulent months in 2020 when we first got hit by covid and you couldn't do the tournament obviously in 2020 and uh well i'll let you explain how things have been adjusted and why we actually are kind of getting a double dose right now well we really wanted we didn't want any any player of any age group to miss this but there's nothing we could have doing for the 2010 birth year we just you know and it's a it's, it's sort of an asterisk on our program but when we when we realized that we were going to be back this year we sat down and our committee took about 38 seconds to say yeah let's put two on let's do the 2011 birth year and the 2012 birth year so then we started looking into it and we knew that we couldn't do the full two full weeks we just didn't have the we, we didn't have the money we didn't have the we didn't have the volunteers it was you know it, it, it was uh was going to be tough so what we did is we put on um a, a tournament where they only played five games not six and each team would play one game at River Cree, so we were able to do it on Wednesday through Sunday and give them the same experience, all the same things. They'd get four games at, uh, at the mall and all the same, the same final stuff, and it was amazing. The difference between the 11s and the 11-year-olds and the 10-year-olds is unbelievable. It's, it's faster. It's, it's just amazing hockey. We had a really good week. Uh, the Connecticut Junior Rangers won that tournament, and I believe they won the, the tournament in 2019, didn't they, with the yep. 09s? Back to back, back yeah. to back. That's right. Yeah, they beat. Uh, they actually, they beat the Western Select. So I, we believe, and we'll be, we'll be looking at this. That's our first All American final in 33 years. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So and, and the uh, the uh, 2011's team brick. 
uh, had a pretty good tournament, uh, lost in the quarterfinals to a Toronto Bulldogs team, so they, so they did make the playoffs. Okay, and now what's happening this week? Because this start the the phase two of this tournament, to use a West Edmonton Mall reference, I guess, uh, started today, right? Exactly. Started seven thirty this morning, and it's been uh, it's been interesting. It's been it just it was almost like it just carried on, right? And some of the kids actually that played in the last week's tournament are playing in this week's tournament. Some of them some of them moved over, so there's a few kids like that. But other than that, it's just been the same. It's really, really good. Um, the, the games are all really, really close. The Brick won their game at 3.50 this afternoon, 3-2. I'm sorry, 2-1. And uh, in, in in it was a really, really solid game. And they play, they play again tomorrow at um, 5.30 against Pennsylvania. So uh, they play a game every week, two, week, two of them on uh, Thursday and then uh, finals on the weekends. Okay, so who do you have? You got two coaches for the brick teams this year then? How did, how did you work that out? We, what we found out was, <laughs> sorry, most of the teams have the same coaching staff for both sets. Okay. Now, um, some of them, they have had one go home and the new ones come in. I know that uh, um Team Minnesota has, has one. Sorry, coach, Eddie. We can give, we can give you a sec if you need a water, uh, drink or catch your breath or something. Are you okay? Oh, thank them. That's great. Um, team Manitoba had all three of their coaches go home, and the new team came with them. But for the most part, all the team all the teams stayed with the same coaching staff. Okay. Well, this is exciting that this is going on. And, and again, pe- most people know this. It's at Ice Palace, West Edmonton Mall. So the uh, the kids born in 2011 played last week. The the kids born in 2012 are playing this week. Team Brick with a 2-1 win over the BC Junior Canucks to get things uh, started off tonight. Andy, now I, correct me if I'm wrong. You have been involved in this tournament, I believe, since day one. Yes. What's the like? What's the secret? How have you kept it going 33 years? Well, it was funny when we started this. It was a, an 18, 18 tournament over four days, and uh, Craig Siles and I were both running the tournament, and we were both part of Team Brick with, along with Bill Carmery. And uh, we started it, and we said, "No, it was a lot of fun. It worked out really, really well." Mike Carmery played in it, and uh, we figured it was over. We figured it was just going to be sort of like a one-year thing. And then the next year, everybody wanted to come back. And then it got bigger and bigger. We got from eight teams to 10, from 10 to 12, and now we're 14. We started off for three days, and now we're seven. Um, when we started with this rink, there was no dressing rooms. There was no player boxes. There was no penalty box. We built all those each year for the first four years until West Edmonton Mall realized that this was, this was a, lot of, a lot of fun for them. So they started putting, putting a rink together. So um, it's been a long haul. But you know what? It's... It has a it has a life of its own. Read. I mean, I've got people people phone me all year long trying to get in. We have a waiting list from different teams. We have seven now. We have seven U.S. and seven Canadian. We like to keep it that way. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been really interesting to watch this thing grow. And the number of kids that we I mean, we got 127 playing in the NHL right now. We've had 297 that have played in the NHL, and we've put 5,800 kids through this program in over 33 years. So how, I don't think you and I have talked about this before, and I know there are certainly way more American teams than there, there were in the beginning, but you're, you're having to kind of 
the, you have this waiting list of teams. Like, how does a, an organization get in? Does somebody have to drop out? Is there any sort of merit or qualification? I'm just curious. Well, the, quali- the qualification is you have to be competitive. That's the biggest qualification. So we, every team that comes in, we give them, they have to give us a three-year commitment. That they're going to bring a 10-year-old team for three years. And usually they come in, they're so excited, they think they're going to win the whole thing, and they don't even win. They don't even get to make it to the playoffs. Some of them don't even win a game. The next year they come back, they say, okay, now I know what a brick team player looks like. They come back and they probably get into the playoffs. The third year, they come to win it. And then they have to give us another. Each year they have to give us a three, or each three years, they give us another three-year commitment. If, in fact, a team starts to wane, they start, like we had a team from Alaska that went three years and then we had to remove them. We had the same thing with a team from the, from um, Atlantic Canada there that did the same thing. They tried it, they couldn't, they couldn't compete. So that's the big thing is they have to be competitive. So uh, we watch that very closely. Um, now, some of the teams that want to get in really, like, two years ago, or in 2019, we had six, I think, Florida players. On five, on four different teams, they, that's, but that's all Florida had. You know, they had six really good players that could play here, so they, we allow every team three imports, and so they can bring these players in when they find them. Um, so that's how we see the extra players. But I mean, Ottawa would love to be here. They've got a program that they think is a really good program. We'd love to have Ottawa here. We don't have a space for them right now. They'll get the next Canadian spot. They opens up. Um, we don't have any other Canadian teams that are that are really pushing to get in um, because now that most of the most of the province's team, like when you say Team Manitoba, it's all of Manitoba, like Team Alberta. Where originally it was Edmonton and Calgary, right? Yeah. So yeah, so it's uh, it's getting that way, and uh, you know we've been able to just about accommodate everybody so far. It's such an amazing event, Andy, and and credit to to you and all the other organizers and coaches and players and parents and I, I, I know the volunteers and it's it's just to me it's such a credit to all the work you guys do, a credit to the city and West Empton Mall and everybody involved that it just keeps uh, rolling along. So I got I, I went to that final Connecticut because it, it wasn't in 20, Connecticut beat the brick in overtime. Was that the final or was that yeah. the semi? That was the semi. That was a semi I was at. Okay, yes, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was that's one of the most exciting games I've ever seen. And if you're walking through the mall, <laughs> like that's the beauty of it. You, you, oh, I'm a hockey fan shopping. Oh, I get to watch this incredible game. <laughs> Not only that, so. the, the parents have discovered this new thing where they have these um, sticks with their pictures of, with their kids' heads on them, and they all stand up. All these are up behind the parents, and one at each, one group at each end from the teams that are on the ice. And they just see who, who can out cheer the other one. It, 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 it's it's really amazing, actually. And that, like I say, these things happen every year. Something different happens. Now they all have these little heads of their kids, and they're carrying them around. And it's just Jeez. hilarious. Just hilarious. Oh. It's sad, so much fun. I mean, for me, it's never been work. Well, that's a great thing. Yeah, you got so much uh, passion for it. Uh, I'll, I'll have to get in touch with you because they play Team Bricks at 5.30 tomorrow. Maybe yeah. we can get a player on after the game on Inside Sports or a coach. You think we could figure something out? For what, what time would that be? Well, I, I, how long do the games take? 90 minutes? We, can um, we do something okay. at 7.30? I'll text you tomorrow morning. How about that? That's great. We'll talk tomorrow. Yeah, yeah sure. maybe I'll, we can work I, that I, out. I, could, I, know the, uh, I know Theo and his, and his crew would love to do that. Okay, perfect. Andy, thanks right. for doing this. All the best this week. Uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it.
That is Andy Wakeston, executive director of the uh, Brick Invitational under, well, the okay, so the kids born in 2012 are underway today. The kids born in 2011, their tournament ended yesterday. The Connecticut Junior Rangers won that. Uh, love talking about the Brick in- Invitational. And what did he say? Close to 300 pl- uh, players, 300 alumni of the Brick Invitational. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. have wound up playing in the National Hockey League. That is awesome stuff. It is 7-16. We'll bring in Morley Scott when we get back. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Dean Evans, five yards back, is center to wait for it. Running back to his right, three receivers to his left, two to the right. We came out, we knew we had to get a stop. Figured they were going to run the ball. Coach called man, I told Scott, hey, coach said be ready to, to come up and tackle. Uh, keeper by Evans. Play goes on, I see Scott, and I see the quarterback outside. I'm like, Scott, please punch the ball. I see a little air in there. He's I'm like, oh, okay, there's an up. And then I just, you know, picked it up and scored. Jalen Collins picks it up and scrambles into the end zone. And the Elks take the lead with 98 seconds to go. We work on that stuff every day. So at some point, that just becomes second nature. So, that's, yeah. you know, you just see the ball and you try and make a play. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? It was straight pure joy. I mean, I, I hit the end zone and I just like took off across the field. It was, you know, I had I had to recollect myself because I knew the game wasn't over. But it was just, you know, it's such a great feeling to be able to touch paint for for the team. All right, uh, Jalen Collins there taking you through his game-winning fumble return touchdown Friday in Hamilton. Of course, the play-by-play voice on that one, Morley Scott, who has the Elks this week coming up after the 7.30 news. Uh, Morley, you have been in the broadcast booth either as a play-by-play voice or a color commentator for uh, hundreds of games in football and hockey over your career. That, I don't know, I mean, I know, I, I think you were doing the Patrick Steffen game where he uh, lost the puck on the empty netter. I mean, you and Rod did the 06 uh, cup run, but just in terms of pure bizarreness and unexpectedness, is, is that like a career top five? I, I don't know. I'll let you explain. Yeah, it. I, I think it is. I think it, it's up there for sure. It's such a. It was such a memorable uh, swing in the game. You know, the way they they came back, the way they they battened down the hatches in the second half, and then you know you're not expecting that play. Obviously, you're not expecting the, you know the quarterback to fumble on that play and then to have the scoop and score and head into the end zone. It was uh, yeah, it was it was a very memorable evening in Hamilton on on Friday night for sure. Uh, it uh, you know it's it's good for the Elks too because they really need one. I mean, I, I, like we said before, the game read going into it, uh, there's two teams at 0-3. One coach is going to have a really sleepless night, and the other coach is going to think his team's maybe turned the corner. And uh, I guess luckily for the Elks, Chris Jones slept pretty well that night. So uh, yeah. it, was, it was good. Yeah, it was a very, a very memorable finish to that football game. Well, and and we, and we know what the Elks are, are coming off last year, and we, we know we got to be kind of, I think, realistic with the expectations for this year. Having having said that, actual victories are better than moral victories, so I'm glad they got that. And I got to tell you, like, Jalen Collins must have been pretty thrilled because if he doesn't score that 
where his focus and the focus of discussion around him is probably a couple penalties he took that were avoidable. But but I do think, uh, you know, to be realistic about everything, man, oh, man, like I, I realize sometimes penalties happen, but I was watching that game and there, there were four or five times I'm thinking, you just can't take that. You can't line up offside. You can't jump when the other team is third and four and kicking a field goal. So I hope that's a focus for the Elks this week in practice too. Yeah, I think it became a focus at halftime on Friday night right. <laughs> uh, for sure because uh, Chris Jones talked about that, He's especially the first quarter and a half. They just made a lot of mistakes that way. And and as he said to us on the post game, pretty much every point that Hamilton scored was either uh, f- directly off of a penalty or penalty aided. Uh, and they just they just take kept taking penalties that, that messed them up, right? And, and they got it under control. I think it was nine penalties for 90-some yards in the football game, uh, and it was and it was too much. And, and we'd seen the penalties drop a little bit as the season had gone on from, from the first couple of games of the season, uh, and then all of a sudden it rears its ugly head again on Friday night. But they got it under control within the game and were able to bail each other out and come back and, and get a huge, huge victory as they move on now to play the Calgary Stampeders on Thursday night. And uh, Trey Ford who started that game, played the whole game. I wondered when Chris Jones put him on top of the depth chart, I was thinking, okay, <laughs> is this, yeah, he takes one or two snaps and then you know, Arbuckle you know still plays most Reed of the is, game? It's is funny. <laughs> the depth chart came out and all the people, you know, watching all the media guys on Twitter and everything, nobody said Trey Ford is starting for Edmonton tonight or tomorrow night. They all said Trey Ford is listed as the starter for Edmonton tomorrow night. <laughs> Nobody seemed to believe that it was going to actually happen. So, uh, But it did. Yeah, he stayed in there for the whole game. And uh, you know what? He was pretty good. He, he was pretty composed uh, talking to a few guys uh, at practice today. Uh, most notably, uh, Tony Washington was talking about, you know, just the composure he had in the huddle and the way he commanded everything. And, and uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was a difference maker. I mean, the numbers aren't really, you know, that 159 yards passing he ran for 61 yards which is which is nice but I mean he got the job done he got first downs and that's I think maybe the most important thing for this Elks football team in that game he got them first downs when he took off a lot most of the time he ended up getting a first down which was pretty key for them yeah and I thought sometimes we see Morley with quarterbacks who are scramblers as soon as they take off they they tuck the ball away and I thought with him, for the most part, if he was moving, especially to the side, he still kept that ball in a throwing position. Because I, I, I think back even to, to like Riley when he came with Edmonton, he even he had to make that step, right? Okay, I'm scrambling, but I still have to think throw first. And I yep. thought Ford showed some maturity in that department. That's one thing, and I know we talked about it with him going into the game, and, and we had it on our on our pregame show on Friday. He talked about going through the progressions, right? A lot of times, especially at the U Sports level for a really great running quarterback, which he was at the U Sports level, they look at their first target and then their second target, and if those guys aren't open, they'll just tuck the ball down and run. But you can't do that in pro football. Then you just become a running back, right? Uh, and and that's what he's that's what he's done, and that's what he's got to continue to do and, and learn how to do that is, is just go through his progressions and go through all five receivers or all six receivers if it's a six-pack and keep looking for a guy to throw the ball to, but also keep your feet moving and keep running and then know that uh, it's a fine line, right, when you're a quarterback and then you have to at some point bring that ball down and protect it as, you're, as you finish off the play. So, yeah, he's got a lot to learn, but, man, uh, the, first, the first time out was pretty promising for Trey Ford. 
who we're going to Who's... talk to tonight on the Ox this week. Oh, great. Okay, I look forward to that. By the way, the CFL game that is in progress is in the third quarter. Winnipeg up 17-10 against uh, Toronto. So Morley's got the Elks this week coming up between 7.30 and 8. Bob Stoffer, Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow, of course, a lot. Well, I'll say this. A lot could potentially be going on with the Oilers, and we are getting you ready for the draft on Thursday. I'll have a full two-hour edition of Inside Sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow night. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.